So today, let's talk about sometimes I don't pray boldly. In reality, that means I want to talk about seizing the life God has planned for us. Because too many believers play it safe and never seize real life. Last time we were talking about boldness and we learned, I hope we learned anyways, that boldness is behavior born of belief. And that was in the teaching on bold in your lifestyle as a believer. In other words, boldness is behavior born out of belief. If you believe in a powerful and sovereign God, then you will be bold in your life as a disciple of Jesus. So today, let's look at boldness as it relates to prayer. And my key thought is how you pray reflects what you believe about God. How you pray reflects what you believe about God. And the key insight is most of us need the spiritual gift of spunk. A number of years ago, the first night I was in the nation of Moldova, a former Soviet Union nation in Eastern Europe, I was asked to speak at a local church's prayer meeting. It was something that was not scheduled on my schedule. And when I arrived, there was 125 people in one very cold room, everybody sitting with their coats and their gloves on, and there was a loud noise because everyone was praying out to God for their nation and for souls to be one. For Moldova, they were also praying for Romania, Bulgaria, and Turkey, where they were doing church plants. They had the gift of spiritual spunk. Spunk is a word that has various meanings. It includes courage, determination, doggedness, resolution, or being resolute, guts, grit, gumption, backbone, fortitude, spark, and spirit. These people prayed with boldness, boldness born out of a belief in a powerful, living, loving, caring Heavenly Father. This was a very powerful prayer night. Like you would see in Luke chapter 11 verses 5 to 10, where a person has a visitor late in the evening and is a little embarrassed because this person has no fresh bread to offer to the visitor. So he goes to his neighbor and wakes his neighbor up so that he can borrow some bread from him to feed his guest and be hospitable. His neighbor tells him to get lost. It's late at night, he's in bed trying to sleep, and his family is asleep. But because he is persistent and determined, the neighbor gets out of bed and gives him the bread that he needs. And Jesus uses that story to tell us that we, when we pray, need to ask, seek, and knock. And when we do, we will receive. Well, in Moldova, it was like we were invading heaven. In the country of Moldova, at that prayer meeting, it was like no is not an acceptable answer. In that prayer meeting in Moldova that night, the feeling was we will keep at it until we have God's attention and we know that he actually hears us. In the book of Acts, chapters 4 and 5, we see that the early church also had this spiritual gift of spunk. They prayed with extreme boldness. Remember the key thought, what you pray for reflects what you believe about God. And what you don't pray for also reflects what you believe about God. If you don't pray at all, then you don't believe God wants to help and be involved in your life. Because what you don't pray for 
reflects what you believe about God. If you pray very small prayers all the time, probably reflects that you don't believe that God answers big prayers, because what you pray for reflects what you believe about God. If all of your prayers are about you, bless me, help me, then you believe God is there to serve you, because what you pray for reflects what you believe about God. If you pray for things that simply could never happen without God's involvement, then you believe in a powerful, miracle-working God who wants to be involved in the life of his people. Because what you pray for reflects what you believe about God. Not only that, but our language when we pray reflects what we believe about God. Are we asking, begging, pleading, rejoicing, thanking, commanding? Our tone in prayer also reflects what we believe about God. Are we passive, aggressive, hopeful, expectant? In Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, Jesus reminds us that the violent take the kingdom by force. You cannot be passive, you must be aggressive. The timing of our prayers also shows us what we believe about God. In tough situations, when you've done all that you know to do and nothing has changed, and then you say, well, now all we can do is pray, then that reflects that God is your last resort, and that reflects what you believe about God. The results of your prayers can also be an indication of what you believe about God and about prayer. So I have been asking myself a series of serious questions. What is, the, what is different in my life today as a result of what I prayed this week? What is different? What has changed in the lives of my family and friends as a result of what I prayed this week? What is different in the world today as a result of what I prayed this week? And if God answered everything you prayed for last week, what would be different in the world today? Well, if we're being honest, if I was being honest, I would have to admit that very little changed because of what I prayed for this week in my life, in my family, in my relationships, in my neighborhood, in the world. Why? I believe it's because I, maybe we, don't pray bold prayers. You know, bold prayers like, please use me to bring someone into the kingdom this week. How about today? Or a bold prayer like, help me to be a powerful disciple-making believer. Or a bold prayer like, please help me and use me to, tr to, the, to help those trapped in human sex trafficking to be set free. Or a bold prayer like, give me a plan to bring those in my neighborhood into the kingdom. Or a bold prayer like, pray that all the gifts of the Spirit be released and be visible in my life this week. Or this bold prayer, what role do you want me to have in changing the world for you, God? If God answered everything you prayed last week, what would be different in the world today? And if we really want to make a difference in this life, in this world where we live, we are going to have to learn to pray some really bold prayers. When we were looking at having a bold lifestyle, we were looking at Peter and John and how they were living a bold lifestyle as a result of their encounter with the living Jesus. Peter preached boldly, 
calling the people a corrupt generation, and 3,000 were born into the family of God. Not bad for your first sermon. He'd never preached a sermon before. And really, he had no lessons in sharing the gospel. He was totally relying on God, way beyond his own abilities. He was walking in faith, believing in a big, powerful God. Peter comes to a lame man, a man born lame. Maybe lame for 40 years, and he boldly says, rise up and walk. That's the first healing that Peter was involved in without Jesus being physically with him. And they're faced at that point with a temple trial, possible death by stoning as they stand before the board of the temple church. The Sanhedrin, the board, the 70 elders are very upset. The members of this governing circle gather around them and hurl accusations and questions at them. And the main question was, by what name and whose authority did you heal this man? And the answer, in full-blown boldness, was in the name of Jesus. Well, it goes on in that verse to say, in the name of Jesus, and then it has a bold add-on, whom you crucified. The religious rulers would have loved to imprison or kill Peter and John, but could not, because everyone had seen the miracle of a lame man walking, and the people would have started a riot if Peter and John were killed or sent to prison. So Peter and John were beaten and released with the warning to no longer preach in the name of Jesus. Remember, we're talking about being bold. We're talking about boldness. So they're released. And they go to their local house church and report the details of what happened to the people gathered there. And we find that part of the story in Acts chapter 4, starting at verse 23. As soon as they were freed... Peter and John found the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. Then all the believers were united as they lifted their voices in prayer. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor King David, your servant, saying, Why did the nations rage? Why did the people waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. That is what has happened here in this city. For Herod, Atippus, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, the people of Israel, were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. In fact, everything they did occurred according to your eternal will and plan. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give your servants great boldness in their preaching. Send your healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the building where they were meeting shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached God's message with boldness. They lifted their voices together in prayer to God. Such a powerful statement. They lifted their voices together in prayer to God. Power is released when believers come together and cry out in faith to God and cry out in a bold way. Listen to what these early believers prayed. Sovereign Lord, you are the one and you are in charge. 
That's a God-centered prayer. That's not about me and mine and myself. You know, God did not need to hear that he was sovereign. Oh yes, thanks, I forgot about that. They were posturing themselves, reminding themselves that God is supreme, God is able, powerful, that God is totally in charge. They were posturing themselves, preparing for what they were about to pray. And then they prayed boldly. And we need to pray boldly as believers, as a church, because we believe that God is all-powerful. We believe that God is sovereign and that he is still in charge of the church and is still active in the world. Because how you pray reflects what you believe about God. And here's what I know. If we're going to make a difference in the world, we cannot pray wimpy, lukewarm, half-hearted, culturally sensitive, politically correct prayers. Absolutely not. Never. We need to pray bold prayers. We need to pray boldly. As fully devoted disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to live boldly and pray boldly in the name of, above all names, the name of Jesus. The early church, in the portion of scripture we're looking at, prayed two bold prayers. In Acts 4.29, And now, O Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Now that's a bold prayer. So their first prayer request was, Enable us to speak your word with great boldness. In other words, help us to be bold when we speak and we share. Well, listen, looking at this objectively, this is what got them arrested in the first place. And yet here they are praying for more boldness. The wise and the practical thing to do would be to lay off this public Jesus thing for a while till things cool down a bit. You know, lay low and play it safe. Pray for protection. Pray that you would continue to work in secret and not in public. But remember, how you pray and what you pray for reflects what you believe about God. So here's my question. Have you ever prayed for serious boldness? Most people ask, the answer is no. Again, how you pray, what you pray for, reflects what you believe about God. So let's be honest. Most of our prayers are fairly timid. The vast majority of our prayers are self-centered. Many of them do not challenge God in the least, and few of them challenge us personally in any way. But here's what I discovered. When you pray for boldness, wow, things happen. God answers. You get bolder and God moves. And then when you pray for others, when you pray for the kingdom, the church, when you pray for salvation of lost souls, when you pray for whole nations, the Spirit of God moves and things happen. On a Monday, the last Monday of my visit to the nation of Moldova, the end of a long week and a terrifically long Sunday, I was asked to speak to the 12 staff members of the local church I was working in. Obviously, they wanted me to pray and prophesy and not just teach. I'm very tired. My interpreter, another team member, is sick, barely able to translate for me. And the leader boldly announced we would prophesy over every staff member and then boldly prayed for us to be healed and strengthened, given new energy, clarity, and insight. 
and a very powerful moving of the Spirit was experienced by all of us. Two and a half hours later it was done. Every staff member received a powerful and detailed prophetic word that had depth, all because the main leader prayed a bold prayer, and the Holy Spirit answered it, God moved, and people were blessed. We need to be praying for boldness. But remember, if you do, you may end up praying for someone in the aisles of Walmart next to the cat food. We need to pray for boldness. Give me supernatural boldness in my daily life and relationships. Stir me up. Keep me from being comfortable. Give me eyes to see needs of those I work with and boldness to pray for those needs. Give me a heart that is seriously sensitive to those who are hurting. Let me see people the way you see them. Open the door, Lord, to sharing your love and the gospel every day with someone. Peter and the entire house church, they prayed for increased and powerful supernatural boldness. We need to be praying for a substantial increase in personal boldness and boldness as a local church so that we would speak boldly. That was the first request they had when they came together and prayed. The second thing they prayed for, they prayed boldly for power to heal and power to work miracle signs and wonders. Acts 4 verse 30, send your healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. They prayed a big, hairy, bold prayer. Heal the sick, raise the dead, help us to cast out demons, do miracles, signs, and wonders through us. You see, God wants us to make a massive difference in the world. God wants us, calls us to be world changers. And when you want to respond to this challenge and calling, then you will need to pray big, bold prayers. If you want to make a big difference in this world, pray big, bold prayers, because what you pray for reflects what you believe about God. If you pray small prayers, you believe in a small God. Most people's regular type daily prayers are fairly tame. And they're often about me, my, mine, and seldom give the Lord any challenge whatsoever. And God is asking us to pray for things that will show off His presence and challenge His power. Pray for things that cannot happen unless God literally becomes involved and intervenes in supernatural ways. So my point is what you pray for reflects what you really believe about God. Joshua prayed, and the sun stood still. Sometimes we pray, and the sun sets. But this does not change the nature of God. And this should not change how we pray and what we are believing God for. Here is where our faith needs to be. Our faith in God must be big enough, must be strong enough, that we can ask and do ask Him for something. And our faith is strong enough that we can handle God saying no. I understand. I know. I believe that He is sovereign God and He not only knows best but is in charge. So I simply pray boldly and give God an opportunity to show up and show off, should He wish to do so. In Mark chapter 16, verse 20, Jesus has just finished 
explaining to his disciples post-resurrection what their job is, they're to go into all the world, they're to preach, they're to heal, they're to cast out demons, speak in tongues, and then he ascends into heaven. And then there's a marvelous verse in Mark 16, verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. That's an amazing thing. They actually did what he told them to do. They were obedient. And because they were, because they did what they were told, the Lord worked with them. God showed up and showed off. And if we want God to show up and show off, we need to do what they did. Stand up and step out in faith. So here's what happens. You hear the voice of God. He tells you to do something in answer to a bold prayer, maybe. You need to stand up and step out in faith. So what if you don't know how to do it? So what if you've never done it before? So what if it's in public and others are going to see you? The disciples didn't know how to go into all the world and make disciples. The disciples didn't know how to win the world for Jesus. The disciples didn't even know a lot about the kingdom. Because a few days later, as they're talking with Jesus before his final departure from the earth, in Acts chapter 1, they're still working on thinking the kingdom belongs to Israel, not to God. So they did not know what they were doing, but by faith they stood up and stepped out in faith, and because of their faith, God confirmed their work. He showed up and he showed off. So we need to pray big, bold, hairy prayers. And we need to have, because we have an awesome and powerful God. Our Heavenly Father is amazing. And the Bible states in Matthew 9, 29, because of your faith, it will happen. The level of your faith in God and who he is determines what is released, what he is released to do. Because what we pray for reflects what we believe about our God. Matthew 19, verse 26, with God, everything is possible. So let's decide today to begin to pray bold prayers. Prayers that are much bolder than those we are currently praying. Allowing God to show up and show off. God wants us to pray big and bold prayers. Because what we pray for reflects what we truly believe about God.